Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Thank you because you are a wonderful God, you are a faithful God, you are good, your mercy endures forever. Thank you for your word. It is quick, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And I pray that you speak your word powerfully today. I pray that, Lord, you will uh, just make my mouth or my tongue like that of a ready writer. And I pray your word will come infused with your grace and with your power to accomplish your purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen, amen. Today we're going to do part three of our message that we've been doing, building abundance capacity. You know, we've been talking about God's prosperity and abundance from a perspective of our capacity. Because God always wants to bless. God always wants to bless. He blesses us for our enjoyment. He blesses us for the purpose of the kingdom. God does not have lack. Lack is not his issue. He's always, he always wants to bless. The issue is our capacity to receive his blessing. And in the first message, we talk about our knowledge capacity. The knowledge, income is a function of knowledge. You are paid based on the problem you solve. And your ability to solve problems is connected to your knowledge. And we talk about two things to know. You must know yourself you must know what God has put inside of you. Many of us are work, all of us really are working treasure, but we don't even, we're not even aware of it. So we need to ask God to open our eyes so we know what He has put inside of us. He has given us the capacity to make wealth, but oftentimes we don't know. We also need to improve our knowledge about money itself. Money, how it's made, how it's spent, how it's invested you know, what makes it grow, those things, we're not, we, we should not be ignorant of them. We need to improve our knowledge because money goes to where it is, goes to where it is respected, right? And uh, people who know a lot about money tend to have a lot more about money. So it's important for you to know that. Last week, we talked about our management capacity. We need to also develop our Ability to manage our resources. It's not just to know them, but we must manage them. Why? Because whatsoever is managed well, they go further, right? When you manage something well, management is ability to make the best and the most of something, all right? So we need to improve our management capacity. And we say the biggest thing, the most important thing to manage is you. You are the biggest resources, right? You are your biggest resource. Uh, you are so powerful, every one of us, our brain capacity, our capacity to learn, capacity to evolve, capacity to solve problems. Most, most, most time we, we, we don't manage them well. And when we manage ourselves well, we will make the most of us and we'll be able to, you know, increase in several ways. Also, our ability to manage money is important because when money is not well managed, they go in different directions. And they, you know, you, you, they are not, when they are not well managed, they don't grow. So we must become good managers 
of what God has given to us. Amen. Somebody made a statement. He says, a man of God called Larry Randolph. Several years ago, he said, God is not obligated to fulfill his promises. I'm sorry. God is obligated to fulfill his promises. But he's not obligated to fulfill our potential. You know, God's promises is different. Your potential is under your control, right? God's potential is what he has put inside of you that you must squeeze out. You know, we are all like uh, fruit with juice inside of it. You know, but unless you squeeze it, the juice doesn't come, in, come out. So most of us will walk around with potential. You know, potential to be a writer, potential to be this, potential to be a doctor, potential to be a nurse, potential to be a businessman, potential to be, to be a minister. But potential is not useful unless it is mined, right? So it's not enough. You know, you know, one of the poorest countries in the world is Congo, the DRC, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Congo is one of the poorest countries in the world, but it's actually one of the richest, if not the richest country in the world in terms of natural resources. They have everything you can think of. Oil is there, diamond is there, gold is there. Almost anything you can think of, Congo produces. Cobalt is found in fact 80% of the deposit of cobalt in the world, which is the mineral that is needed to make all your phones, all your chips, all the computers that we have in the world, 80% of the deposit is in one country. And that country is the poorest country in the world. It's always in the, if you go, top, bottom three. If they, are, if they are lucky, they'll move up to their number three to the, the bottom or at the bottom. And that's a country with a lot of potential. Potential to be the richest country. Potential for everybody there to be doing so well. And we all want to go there. But no one wants to go there. No one, you know, except you're a missionary or something, you go there. You know, why is that? That's because potential itself doesn't do anything. Potential is, 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 is opportunity to become. For potential to really become a reality, you know, there must be some force behind it. Hallelujah. Even in physics, we talk about the potential energy. Potential energy is the energy possessed by an object because of their position, all right? You know, when we, talk, but when we talked about kinetic energy, energy by an object because of movement, all right? Potential energy must have movement to become a kinetic energy, energy that is actually producing something. So the goal, my goal with this message is actually to light fire inside of you, all right? To, to, to light some fire, to make you uncomfortable, to let you know that you, you shouldn't just walk around as potential, all right? You should walk around actually producing what God has put inside of you. It's not, we, we should be done wishing. Wish is not going to really get it done. So God is obligated to fulfill his promise, but he's not obligated to fulfill our potential. Hallelujah. So today we are going to talk about one aspect, I mean the third aspect that is very critical, which is our relationship. If you're really going to succeed, could have abundance, you must be someone that really learns how to manage your relationship very well or leverage relationships that God puts in your life. Because success in life 
I want you to notice this. Success, and pay attention to this, is not just a function of what you know. It is also a function of who you know. Who you know is as important, if not more important, than what you know. And God designed it that way. God designed our lives so that we always need one another. We always win. And I believe that I was, I was thinking of this, I believe it's to keep us grounded, to keep us humble, to keep us human. All right? Why would Moses need Jethro to really be a successful person? Moses had, if you look at it, almost everything he needed. He had access to God. He has the power of God. This is a man that parted the Red Sea. This is a man that, I mean, he did incredible things that many of us will only dream of. Yet Moses needed the wisdom of Jethro to be able to, you know, administer and fulfill God's plan, to truly be a successful leader. He wouldn't have been the successful leader that we talk about today without the influence of Jethro in his life. Why will Joseph need the butler? <laughs> it was a dreamer. God gave him the dream, but he needed the butler, the king's butler, to be able to be the link. He couldn't have just walked into Pharaoh's uh, palace, and have the and be you know and have the incredible opportunity to become the prime minister or deputy prime minister without the connection with the king's butler. And you can read that in Genesis chapter 40 if you want to know that. So it is important to really begin to put value to relationship. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell, one of my very, very favorite writers, wrote a book called The Outliers. Many of some of us have probably read the Outliers, the story of success. And in the, book, in, the, in, the book, in the book, The Outliers, he is basically just analyzed the life of successful people, people that we call smart, the rich, the successful, people who are, who are outliers, he called them. They are in the extreme realm when it comes to being, success, being successful, like the Beatles in the world of music, you know, Bill Gates in, you know, in businesses, you know, and he, he, he chronicled their life and he looked at what made them successful. And what it came to is, is they were not necessarily self-made, as we like to talk about them. You know, we often talk about self-made people. No one is self-made. In fact, many of them really got a lot of help along the way. Many of them would not have succeeded, would not have become what they became without some critical help they received along the way in their life. So no one ever succeed in life alone. People succeed because they got a lot of help along the way. And that's, the, that's what Michael Gladwell actually was trying to document in his book, that we need to really, we give too much credit for successful people because it's not necessarily because they were genius, they were smart, it's actually because they were able to take advantage of a lot of opportunities that came along the way. So if you're going to be someone that will experience abundance, someone that will be successful in life, you need to manage your relationship capacity. You need to really learn to understand people, relate with people, work with people, and get the best out of people. Very, very important. If you don't learn how to do that, you will be limited. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how brilliant you are, you will be a very, very limited person. You also must be able to discern people. And we're going to talk about that. Our ability to discern people that come into our life 
you know, is very, very important. Praise the name of Jesus. The sad part is many of us, we do things that are not really good for one of the one of my greatest pain as a pastor, as I watch people's life, you know, inter, inter, intertwine, you know, just work with people is the rate at which I see people make decisions, do things that hurt them, and they don't know or they don't want to believe it. You know, to make choices that work against them. And they, 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 they just, it's like just getting into a car, you see a ditch, and you just drive towards it. And that's how many of us live our lives. Because there are principles out there that can tell us, you know, this is how we should live. And we don't do that. So people that God puts in your life are very, very important. I'm going to tell you my, my little story about me. So I moved to the United States in 1998, September. I just moved there. I had graduated with a degree in mechanical engineering before I came. So I, and I came here, came to New York, you know, trying to live life, trying to, you know, figure out what are, you gonna, what are we going to do? This is America, right? Let's, 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 you know, ambitious, young. I was 25 years old, you know, going here, you know, coming here to conquer the world. And I realized that it wasn't as easy as I thought. You know, I was, you know, I was studying, I was reading, I was figuring what am I going to do, I, you know, I did engineering, what am I going to leverage this education, what am I going to, I was, I started to learn how to do my resume, how to apply for job, I did all that, did all that, nothing worked. Then I met somebody who happened to actually be uh, a relative of someone I had gone to school with. So when I was in, uh, when I was in my first year in college, I met this guy. Who, I, who helped me a lot in my Christian work, you know, was like a big brother to me. Probably was in his fourth year or third year when I got there. I was in my first year, first year. So he was like a good mentor, a big brother. And we worked together. When he was leaving, you know, I was probably now in my third or fourth year when he was leaving campus. Then he handed over this relative of his. Or I, don't, I don't even know their relation. I said, this is a... This is a, a young lady. I want you to take care of her. You know, you know, just got into college. So we, we developed a relationship. It turned out to be she had moved to the, to the United States before I moved. So she had this cousin she introduced to me. And it was the cousin, you know, we developed a relationship. We started to talk. Now he was working through him. I got my first job exactly where he was working. He just said, you know what, you know, talk to his boss. And I got a job as... In, in, in engineering world, we call it an, an office engineer. So I got a job as an office engineer. First job. And I went in there excited, and I started to work. And I started to work, you know, you know learning everything I can. Then I would, go, I would go out to lunch with some of these guys at work. Uh, I remember vividly one of them is uh, Dennis. This the guy is Dennis, you know. Irish guy, very, very gregarious. He likes to talk. He likes to really very boisterous. We'll go out to lunch. And you start saying, you know what? I don't even know why I get paid, how much I get paid. You know, people will talk like that. I get paid so much, I don't even know why they pay me this much. <laughs> you know, those kind of talk happen in the, you know, when you're at lunch, right? You know, I don't even know what I do. I just come here, I have fun, and I make $100,000. I mean, this is 99 now. And I'm like, Really? So what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I 
And I said, what do you do? Oh, yeah, we do this project management, you know, project control. We use this software. I said, you know, I want to learn that. And I started to really learn what he was doing. You know, so I would do my work. Every little time I, I have, I would go to Dennis. You know, eventually another guy came, Patrick. They were working together, and I, was, I started to learn what they were doing. I mean, and eventually, through them, I learned the software. They showed me how to use it more. I took a little, some training at first, and they decided, I mean, one of them actually became my reference. So I started applying for jobs elsewhere. A few months, I, I doubled my salary, literally, by just learning a few things from them, and they agreed to be my reference. All right? So I, I moved to the next company, literally doubled my salary. And I was working, so I started working in this place. I had a boss who was an Iranian guy. We became very good, very close. We talk, family stuff. Relate. We we liked each other. He moved, you know, got a bigger job somewhere. Several years later, one day I was working. He called me. Oh, Gide, how are you? I said everything. Do you want uh, more money? I said, Oh yeah, sure. Who doesn't want money? Oh uh, yeah, okay, come, come over next week. You know, I have a position for you. So I got a You know, I went in there, talk. You know, a few weeks later, I started working there. Increase. You see, you see how life works. I worked there for a little bit. Another friend that we used to work together called me and said, you know what, I just got this job. You know, they were really paying me a lot of money. They were, you know, but I just, but I needed to leave. And my boss is so angry, and I don't want to burn the bridges. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'm, so I'm getting paid 125000 but I don't want to burn the bridges, all right? But uh, so if I, and I need to resign, and the, the guy is going to get so mad if I resign that I, I don't want to really burn the bridges. So I need to actually present someone to him that can take over. So I need help. Oh, I say, oh, I can't help you. I mean, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's what are friends for, right? I mean, that's... That's what friends are for. <laughs> I, I can help you with that. I mean, so I, I'm talking about maybe 10 years ago. So I just, so I went there, talked to the boss. We basically did a swap. I got his job. He got, did his own thing, and life moved on. From there, moved on again. I mean, I told you that to say, look at how relationships Look at how I can connect my life is simply because of people I have known, I have met, I've related with. I mean, by the time I stopped working, I was really making a lot of money. I was doing so well. It took God for me to actually be a pastor. It, it, it can, <laughs> being a pastor can only be God. That's not, it's, that's not because if I think of what I can be doing out there, it, it's insane you know, that I'm pastoring today. But I'm telling you because the key to your success is not really in what you know. As I went through life, I met a lot of people who are so smart, who are so good, and they were not doing so well, at least as much as they could. And part of that is because many of them don't seize the relationship, the opportunity, the relationship that comes along the way we offer them. And when we, uh, we don't pay attention to that, we miss out a lot in life. So many of us, uh, we do things. I've seen a lot of people, we're arrogant. 
irritable, we're hard to get along with, cantankerous people, uncooperative. Those attitudes actually limit what we do in life. They limit us. And as believers, we should think about it. When the Bible talks about fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit are for your good. They will pay off along the way. They will pay off. They will, I mean, even some of the things you do, you know, you, you just think you're fighting for yourself. They don't necessarily pay off. So don't put up with arrogant attitude. Don't be an irritable person. Don't be someone that is, if you are known as someone that is hard to get along with, you can succeed, but you'll be limited. You will be limited. There are so many doors that will not open for you simply because you have those attitudes. So our relationships are very, very important. We must become people who understand the power of relationship. That everyone in your life is actually planted there by God as a bridge to a place that God is taking to you. But how many times do we ruin those relationships? How many times do we really, those people are not able to say, you know what, I can vouch for it. You know what, I can open doors for it. There are so many doors that your brain will not open. It takes one person to just open the door. It takes one person to just make a call. It takes one person to just say, you know what, you know, can you take care of this person? I mean, can you, can you work this person? And that's how God created the world. We are not an island. Praise the name of Jesus. I remember in Acts chapter 6, the Bible talks, I mean, the apostles talk about choosing leaders in the church. One of the things he says is people who have good reputation. Isn't that amazing? God cares about your reputation. What is your reputation? Is your reputation is an arrogant person, an irritable person, somebody that is hard to go along, get along with, somebody that is hard to work with, somebody that is really rude, somebody that is abrasive. If, if that is your reputation, you are not going to go very far. You're not going to fulfill the potential that God has for you. It's very important to know that. Very important to know that. It's a people of good reputation. In 1 Timothy 3, 7, he also says, talking about choosing of leaders, he said he must also have a good reputation with outsiders. What is your reputation? Your reputation, because it's not just about what you think of yourself. Many of us say, oh, I'm a nice person. So, so says you. Right? Every man will proclaim his own goodness. Right? Every man will say, oh, yeah, I'm nice, I'm this. But what are people that you serve with? What do they say about you? What, what, your co-workers, the bosses that you have worked with. You know, even hard bosses, they know. They know the people that are working for them. They're under them. Even bosses that are not very kind, they know. What are they say? Are you someone that will be there for them when they are when when stuck? You know, when bosses also get stuck. They know people that will be there for them. Are you someone that is known as that person? Are you someone that is known as someone that is easier to work with? Or you are someone that says, oh, no, this is what I was hired for. No, 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 no. I'm not doing anything extra. There are people who go to work like that. They go to work with that attitude. I remember when I was working, when I was working at a time, and somebody, somebody left. I think, but I think uh, just just was away for three months or something like that. And they were looking for someone to do his job. I had my job. They were looking for someone to take his slack. I was the guy, the boss said, you know what, I think you can handle it. Everybody's like, and you did that? You took that? I would never do that. I wouldn't. 
on top of my job. Ah, no, 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 no. So I took that job. I would do, I'd do two people's job. For like, he ended up being like six months. And this guy will always say, wow, thank God. Ah, this guy saved me. This guy saved me. He will always say, today, those relationships are see there. If you are not too nice to me, I decide to go work. I will just pick up a phone call. I will get a job. <laughs> just kidding. But what I'm saying is, what is your reputation? What are you known as at work? Because those things open doors for you. So your relationship, very, very important. So I'm going to talk about how to build our relationship capacity. Because God has put people in your life. They are like your wealth. They are people you can tap into. You know, they are like, you know, you can see your relationship as part of your, part of the wealth that God has given to you. All right. And if you don't manage them very well, you will be poorer for it. You know, so we need to be a lot more attentive. Number one is, number one, you must ascribe value to people. Value. Value. Because, you see, everyone is valuable. Even a broken clock is right twice in a day. Right? Everyone has value. I mean, even people we think are not valuable. Isn't that what is the problem with the, with the disciples every once in a while? They think children are a bother. You know, they bring, they bring children to Jesus. They're like, you know what? Children with Jesus? What are you talking about? The guy is busy saving the world. The guy is busy healing the sick. The guy is busy with serious people. Then you are bringing children. Jesus said, no, 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 no. I want the children to come because they are valuable. In fact, let me tell you, theirs is the kingdom of God. How do you value people? Are you someone that goes around just, just thinking some people are less because of what they wear, because, no, 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 you have to, re- as a child of God, you're really, 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 really going to succeed God's way. You must be someone that values people, because God values people. You know, even Jesus, the Bible says he grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of a dry ground. He had no beauty that we should desire him. That's Jesus. And that's why a lot of people miss Jesus. There was nothing special about him. There was nothing unique about him. There was nothing exciting about him. He had no beauty that we should desire him. People he grew up with, they underrated him. They thought he was not important. So I want to really, I want to really challenge you. You must value everyone that comes to you. But you know, I've discovered that even people who are hostile to us, sometimes they could be a blessing to us in disguise. It depends on your attitude. It depends on how you, I don't go crazy over people who are hostile to me. I don't, I don't let them rob me of my joy, rob me of my life. No. Of course, there are times you figure out how to manage them, but you, because you know there is something about everyone inside around you that God has proposed. Look at Joseph's brother. At first, he looked like they were his enemy, Right? But you know, Joseph would not be in Egypt if those brothers didn't sell him. Right? And that's why eventually Joseph told them, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. That's why we need to have a good attitude. Because if you have a good attitude, what people mean for evil? You know, that, that shift they gave you because they don't like you. 
instead of being cantacorous and scatter the whole company and everybody knows, you know, just what they meant for evil, God can turn it for good for you. Praise the name of Jesus. I want you to really adopt a life that values people. In your mind, just believe everyone is valuable. James 2 says, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith of our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? For example, in verse 2, he says, suppose someone comes to your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or sit on the floor. Doesn't this mean discrimination? Or doesn't this discrimination show that your judgment are guided by evil motive? You see, if we value people based on external, Bible says our motive is evil. So listen to me, verse 5, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? And they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? That's important. It's important to know that God sometimes does not package your help the way that you think. The reason why some people didn't really accept Jesus was he wasn't packaged well. He wasn't packaged well. I mean, born in a manger, born to a poor family, how can he be our king? That's going to be the king of the Jews. Grew up a carpenter. Who wants a carpenter for their, I mean, are you kidding me? For our king. You know, that's not, that's not great. That's just not exciting. Sometimes we miss God because of the packaging. So that is why we must make up our mind. This is a decision you must, you must make to value everyone that comes your way. I, that's, 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 that's my principle. Anyone that sits in front of me, that is, I give them my attention because I value them. Because I, I know, first of all, God values them. They are precious to God. You know, they are important to God. It doesn't matter where they are now, how they are now, how, you know, how ragged they look, whatever is going on in their life, even how mistakes they've made, how whatever. They, they, God has a plan and purpose for every one of us. In fact, if we are not valuable, Jesus would not have died for us. The reason why Jesus died is because God saw the value in us, and he said, Jesus will die for them. So let's be like our God and value everybody. Don't just make friends with people who, have, who look the part, people who have certain, you know, certain designer wear or certain this. Those are, that's how I roll. Those kind of people will miss, you will miss God. You will miss God. And I pray that you will not miss him in Jesus' name. Jesus said some people will come and he said, you know, you know they will, I will reject them. And I would tell them I was in prison, you didn't know me, you didn't come and visit me. I was sick, you didn't even, I was poor, you didn't even give me food. They're like, are you kidding me? We're going to know that you are poor. Somebody's going to say Jesus is in prison and I'm not going to show up. That's not true. How? Jesus said, no, I came as prisoners. I disguised as poor. I disguised as those people who are rejected. And most times we reject those people. And a lot of them could be the connection. Number two, we must take that value. Value is something in our head about how we see people. Honor is how we express it. All right? Honor is an expression of our value. All right? 
We honor people when we give them our best. I want you to begin to honor people. Many of us, we don't even honor each other. You know, I know him, I know his age, I know this, therefore you don't honor them. That's, that's, that's carnal. That's carnal. Oh, somebody's in charge of uh, this team, and you join the meeting when you like, but when the pastor is there, you quickly join. You know, those kind of things are, are proof that we don't honor one another. And the Bible is very clear. First Peter 2.17 says, honor all people. Love the brotherhood. You know, I, you must treat everybody like they are important. Treat everyone like they are important. You know, that's very, very important in if we are going to really take advantage of the relationship. So honor all men by giving them your best. Give them your best. The best you could offer of your time, of your, you know, of your attention. Let's honor everyone. Honor is a big thing. And I've shared a message. I've actually done a series about honor before. Hopefully I get to do it again one of these days. It's actually a very, it's a code of conduct in the kingdom of God. Honor on every level. Honor is really how the kingdom of God operates. The principle of honor is so powerful, is so deep, is so rooted in the scripture that if we learn to practice honor, you are going to see that you are going to go further in life than we are going. Praise the name of Jesus. Because it's at every level. Honor all men. Honor people in leaders. Honor people below you. Honor is just, is so honor your father and mother. You know, if you, if you can obey the principle of honor, you're going to see a lot of breakthrough in, our, in your life in Jesus' name. Number three, we must have the spirit of discernment. We must pray for spirit of discernment. All right? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, the Bible says, So we have stopped evaluating people or others from a human point of view. He said, At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. How differently we know him now. You know, we must have spirit of discernment. Because everyone around you, God has placed them there for a reason. Some of them are placed as a friend. Some of them are placed there as mentors. Some of them are placed there as future partners, future employees, future bosses, future customers. You know, you must assume, first of all, there's a reason there. And you must ask God for discernment. You know, if you are able to properly discern, you are going to really do a lot better in life. And discernment allows you the proper way you calibrate those relationships. See, there are some people God brought, brought into your life for future purposes. I mean, you're going to run into them. It's future. You're going to run into and they're going to be there for you. And you just never know. They're going to be there for you. I mean, you just, and if you learn to identify those people and you cultivate those relationships, you're going to discover that, wow. Look at what this man said in the, in the scripture that we read. Very powerful scripture, by the way. And we can go on talking about this passage. The, the unjust guy, right? The unjust steward. He said, 
I know what I will do when I lose my job. So there are people who will welcome me into their houses. I will do a little, inv- the little time I have, I will invest it in people. Because so that when I lose my job, those people can be there for me. And Jesus said, you know what, in verse 8, the master commended the, on the dishonest manager. Now, the master was not commending his dishonesty, but he's saying, you know, at least he was wise. He, dis, he, he commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly or widely, wisely. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. Look at what verse 9 says. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends to yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwelling. Why do we spend time looking for enemies? So many of us, we just, I mean, a little misunderstanding, we just want to ruin our relationship. We want to just mess it up. We want to escalate it. Most things that make people enemies, they are not as important. They are things we can easily overlook. Oh, somebody, I had somebody talk bad about me. So what? I will ask them, this is what I had. Is that, is that true? Give that person a chance. Chances are they are going to say, you know, I didn't do it. Okay, I choose to believe you. Father, we're having some conversation with my wife just a few days ago about somebody that said some things that were very hurtful, you know. You know, and I texted the person, and I said, this is, is you know, what, you know, this is what I'm hearing. And he said, no, no. And I said, well, I've heard otherwise. This is the text. And I said, but I choose to believe what you said. And that's, you know, because the fact that they deny sometimes shows that, you know what, they don't mean it that way. They are not able to own up to that. And the fact that I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt really makes us to restart that relationship. Because what is in what they say randomly in the heat of the moment? How does that even impact my life? You know, last, my kids were joking yesterday. My, my son, my, you know, the kids were, my son was saying some things about my daughter. I was there, Jojo said this. Jojo said I'm this. Jojo, I mean, they, were, they kept going on and on. And after a while, when are you, I said, when are you going to stop worrying about what Jojo says? <laughs> and I said, well, you know what? That's life. In reality, you need to really stop worrying about what people say about you. Many of us, you live our life based on what people say about you. What does it matter what people say about you? I mean, they just they run their mouth, they said it. Does that change? That's not what God says about me. And that's not who I am. And as a matter of fact, I'm not even going to start behaving to them, treating them badly because of what they said about me. Let us adopt that Joseph mindset. He, he did not. He was not. He didn't take his brother as enemy. Many of us, oh my God, we are going to say, you did this, you wanted to kill me, you wanted. No, 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 no. We need to be very, 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 very careful how we, you know, treat uh, these things. Very important. Hallelujah. So let's have discernment. Always ask God. Always ask God. Who are those people you have placed in my life? Because I want to tell you, you are not just going to succeed because you are smart, you are brilliant, 
because you know everything. You're going to succeed because someone is going to say some words about you. Someone is going to give you an opportunity. Someone is going to be your reference. A lot of times people come to me for reference. Some of them I'm able to do so well. Some of them I have to pray. <laughs> because no liars will go into heaven. <laughs> and I have to write this reference about them to get a job. And I'm like, God, how do I do this without? <laughs> Some of them are so easy. I mean, I finish writing it. I send it to them. They are like, wow, I can't believe you wrote this. And I said, that's actually how I feel about you. You know, it's very important, very, very important to discern, you know, people in your life and really give them that relationship. Let's build relationships. See people Many of us, will see, there are people here who can be a blessing to you. And you choose to be a solo person. And you blame me on your personality. Your personality should not limit you. You should not be subject. You should use it. You, you know, there's nothing about our life that we can retrain. There's nothing. I mean, that's, you know, that's, the, that's why we are so powerful. Even dogs can be trained to do things. And we are at a higher level. You can be trained. You can be trained to smile. You don't need, you can train yourself to smile a little more. You don't need to frown your face everywhere you go. You don't need to wear your, you know, you don't need to wear all your emotions on your, your face. And no, 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 no. You can actually make choices. You can really, you know, you can change yourself. You can transform yourself when you are more intentional. Be very careful, relationships. And you are going to know because look at the relationship in your life. How many of them have you fought with? Have you had issues with? All your friends at some point, you've had issues with them. People you work with, you've had issues with them. People in your ministry, you've had issues with them. And you're like, oh, they are all just this kind of people. No, there's only one person that is common in all those. Things. <laughs> only one person. Only one person. And it's you. So go look into the mirror and say, this is the problem. You are the problem. And give that person you see in the mirror a, a dirty slap. <laughs> and say, you are the problem. And we need to fix you. Hallelujah. We must discern, number four, I'm sorry I'm out of time, but we must leverage those relationships. Many of us don't learn to leverage. You see, to leverage is to use something to the maximum advantage. Many of us suffer in silence. We don't tell anybody. You know, many of us go through problems nobody knows. And you say, oh, I don't want to expose, I don't want to tell anybody, no, these are people that could pray for you, these are people that could be there for you, these are people that could support you, these are people that could make phone calls for you, that could change things around. And you're saying, you know what, I'm just going to be there. No, 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 we must leverage our relationship. There's a reason why God puts you in a community. Now, there's a reason. God is, God is not God of accident. You know that, right? God is a, a divine appointment maker. Where he placed you is fantastic. And I think I've shared this with many of you. A lot of these people in ministry, some of them obviously came here later, but some of the people that supported us when we started this church were relationships that I've made over time. Relationships that just by chance became Twingy, for example, and his wife. My wife and them, my wife was my fiancé then, they used to live in the same apartment. How casual can that be? You know, okay, my, you know, 
and you build that relationship. You know, the King Robert is probably somewhere here. We met at the elevator at the job, at our work. We used to work. We, we just went in the elevator, obviously, you know, at the World Trade Center. You know, he's black and black. He looks African. I look African. And I say, yeah. I say, I say you are Ghanaian. I say, you are there. I say, oh, yeah. Let's have lunch. We had lunch, and we discovered we had a lot of things in common. We had some similar interests. We began to talk. You know, now, he wasn't going to church. He was not a church guy, all right? So he wasn't like a church person, you know. We, you know but, we, but after like a year relationship, he actually began to, he liked me so much. This is a guy that doesn't go to church. Then I told him I'm starting a church. He said, count me in. I mean, if you start a church, I'm going to that church. And he became a member of the church. I mean, so some of those things, there are relationships that God brings to. You need to leverage them and cultivate them. You need to also be, you know, your contact is like a bank that you have. Your contact list. <laughs> Sometimes I go through my contact list. Just, you know, just, just I'm praying, I'm just scrolling through contact lists. You know, God works like that. I'm praying so many times, I'm walking, I'm going through my contact list. Because human people are like your wealth. You just never know. Some of them you make a call to. So sometimes if you have your need, don't just go randomly to anybody. Go through your contact list. And pray in the Holy Ghost. And see what the Father will say. I trust me. Someone has a, someone has a key to what you are looking for. You just have to be more willing to step out in faith to leverage those relationships. Now, how did Joseph know that that butler could be the key to his freedom? Have you ever wondered? I mean, the guy was getting free. He helped the guy when they were in prison, gave him some word of knowledge. You know, that kind of thing, gave him some word of knowledge and helped him. And he said, look, remember me when you get before Pharaoh. That's the word he said. The guy actually forgot. Until one day, just the king had a dream. And he said, oh, my God, I can't believe her. I, oh, my. He felt actually so guilty. And he just said, you know what? I remember a guy. Oh, he can interpret dreams. He can interpret dreams. That's how Joseph found himself before Pharaoh. You see how life works. There are a lot of people you've met. You don't keep their contact. You don't, you don't even worry. You, you just move on. Many of us move on. I don't, you know, you, it's, it's really, you are, you are losing a lot by just moving on. And you need to discern those contacts that God brings to your life. Some of them you need to keep. Some of them you need to check. Once in a while, honor them. Say, you know, how are you doing? I'm praying for you. God bless you. I hope all is well with you. You know, I see this going on in your life. You know, I just want to honor what God is doing in your life. If you really sow into relationship in your life, if you cultivate them very well, you are going to see that when you are in need, what's, somehow they will come through for you. Instead of going through people randomly that you have not sown into, you have not been there for them, you've not done anything, and they are just saying no, and they are not picking up, and it's going to voicemail, and everybody is seeing your number, they're like, you know what, I'm not. No, 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 that's not how to work. Praise the name of Jesus. Lastly, I'm going to end it here. Be friendly. Be friendly. Friendliness is actually it's a great thing. 
Friendliness is the ability to put up a warm personality that makes you approachable, easy to relate with, and without any hostility. Can you say you are like that? You are a friendly person, that you are approachable, that you, you, know, you don't send hostile vibes. Some of you, you are sending vibes. And you know, vibes are, one thing about human being, we can read vibes. We can read vibes. I mean, some of those are vibes or things you store there, things that happened five years ago, things that they, you store there, you see them, you're talking to them, but they see the vibe is not warm. Look, I, have, I always pray, God, just, I, I don't want to have any ill feeling. And I can tell you by God's grace, I don't have anything against anyone. I am able to just go to someone and just talk to them genuinely and he's the real me. Let's be friendly. Let's be, let's be genuinely friendly to people, including people who have done something to you. Be friendly because that will open door. That will break every barrier. Proverbs 18, 24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Hallelujah. But there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. But the ultimate friend is Jesus. And I actually think if you really know how to be the friend of Jesus, you will know how to be a friend of anybody. You will know how to be a friend of anybody. If you really can develop a relationship with Jesus, you will have friends with everyone. So I'm hoping that you will begin to see relationship differently from today. You begin to see that God actually positioned people in your life for different reasons. And if you begin to do that, God will bless you tremendously. I want us to bow down our heads to pray. And if you're here, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the best friend you can have. So I want to pray for you today. <clears throat> and I want you to just put your hands on your chest. You want to have, you want to accept Jesus into your life. You want to say, you know what? I can't really truly say I'm Jesus' friend. I want to really have that opportunity to have him as my personal Lord, my Savior, and my friend. So, Father, I thank you today, and I pray that you will take these words, you will make it a, a source of blessing to us, an encouragement to us, a challenge to us, to change the way we, we see things, we see people around us, to value people, to honor people, and to begin to leverage those relationships that you have brought into our life to cultivate them properly so that they can truly be a blessing to us in the way you want it to be. Thank you because you've answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah.